Welcome in everyone to the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. Joined as always by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com and the daily host of Southern Fried Sports Radio at 100.9 FM in Tuscaloosa. The Twitter feed for the Talking Tide podcast, of course, is Talking underscore Tide. You can keep up with all of our podcast drops via Twitter through that handle. Uh, you can also get us at our web host at Podbean.com, also available on iTunes. Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. The Talking Tide podcast, sponsored by uh, North River Dental Associates, Heat Pizza Bar, and Southern Ale House. We'll tell you a little bit more about those great establishments a little bit later in the program. But we start, Travis Ryer, uh, with Alabama coming off its first scrimmage of the preseason here on August 30th. Uh, a little bit, a little bit forward in time, I guess, with some of this new rescheduling uh, for the moment. Still kicking the season off on September 26, but it, it couldn't possibly have felt like a normal first scrimmage to Nick Saban. I wouldn't think Travis, if for no other reason than that they haven't had the time together leading into it as they normally would. No doubt, and yeah, I mean it's the first scrimmage for Alabama and damn near a year, I would guess. Maybe in bowl practices, they did something similar. But in talking in terms of going over to Bryant-Denny Stadium, like they typically would do in the spring uh, and certainly do in fall camps, uh, that's what we're looking at here. Uh, No spring practice. And so uh, really, essentially, the Saturday before typically Alabama wouldn't be doing much of anything because they'd be getting ready for game week. For next Saturday, they were just getting their scrimmage work at Bryant-Denny underway. And, you know, Nick Saban talked about it after the scrimmage. Uh, Chase just felt good to have his team back together and in the stadium and in a a simulated football game environment. And, um, you know, it, it is. It's entirely different as much as anything because your availability from a personnel standpoint is impacted now beyond just your typical injuries because of COVID-19 and protocols and, you know, day-to-day figuring out who's available, who isn't. Now, the positive for Alabama is that it hasn't reached a point uh, through eight practices anyway where it's felt the need to pause workouts, which is something we've seen uh, in a lot of places around the country. So that's the good news uh, in all of it. But you're right. I think this was just the third practice in Pats this year right? This entire year. So, um, you know, even Nick Saban with the standard that he sort of holds for his team, uh, I think even he probably went into Saturday sort of feeling like, look, you know, let's not go into this expecting crazy things to happen. But uh, he did seem relatively pleased once it was over. He's probably not the type of coach, though, that wants to hear that everybody's got it just as bad. I mean, every, 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 program in the country is dealing with this thing and a lot of them as you noted are worse off than than Saban's been so far in terms of being able to practice and and having a requisite representative number of players on the field so uh, crazy times for sure Bryce Young of note uh, not available for the scrimmage back on Monday per Nick Saban Travis a lot of people excited to see what this young quarterback can do uh, and uh, Mac Jones, 21 out of 36, three scores uh, for his part in the scrimmage. 
Yeah, you know, and it's tough for Bryce Young because, you know, this is a guy that there was so much anticipation going into January and looking ahead to spring practice in March and April and, you know, how he might be able to really push and challenge Mac Jones for that starting job as early as spring drills. And, of course, that went by the boards, and now you get into finally a situation where you're able to sort of show what you can do, not only to the coaches, but to your teammates as well. That's important. And and I think Bryce Young validated himself uh, maybe as much intangibly in some ways, uh, Chase, even going back to the new year when they were in their winter workouts. And, you know, those can be exceptionally tough. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys can wilt in those situations. Didn't sound like that was an issue for Bryce at all. But, yeah, he's finally going to get to scrimmage inside Bryant-Denny Stadium, and then he's uh, withheld from the workout. Now, you know, Nick Saban didn't get specific, but Nick Saban's told you that given the scenario being what it is now with COVID-19, um, they they really aren't going to delve deep into that topic. And so you know, I guess my advice would be, Chase, when you don't hear Nick Saban get specific about a guy who isn't available, in terms of it's a knee, it's an ankle, uh, it's an elbow or a shoulder, I, I, I don't think it would be much of a reach to think that perhaps protocols are in place for certain individuals. And and that's been the case through a couple weeks of preseason practices. And look, it's going to be something that Alabama's dealing with and everyone else is dealing with. And you know that's where the resources at Alabama are such a benefit. You got a new sports science center over there. You've got a new sports science team uh, that you're working with there. Uh, uh, economically, you don't have any hurdles that that should impede your your handling of this situation. And look, in terms of just quality personnel, you know, man down, two men down. Uh, in a lot of spots, Alabama can certainly answer in a way that most programs can't. You got to think that in team meetings, the emphasis on staying in as much of a bubble as possible is pounded into into these players' heads day in and day out, Travis. That's got to be a daily mantra over there to just be careful about who you're around and how big the crowds are. No doubt about it. And just in terms of class schedules and things like that, you know, John Deaver and that academic staff, they're doing everything they can to keep not only football players, but student athletes in general uh, in remote learning type situations. I don't know if you can totally avoid it. I think it's not only an athletics thing at UA right now. I've got a freshman uh, at Alabama, a first semester freshman at Alabama. Uh, you know how many in-person courses she has now for the fall semester? Zero. Hmm. All of her courses are remote, and she's not a football player. So if that's the case for her, Chase, you can imagine what it's like for, you know, people like Jalen Waddell and, and others. <laughs> no doubt about it. And speaking of Jalen Waddell, uh, the wide receiver position, uh, topic of interest for sure. Uh, Devontae Smith and Waddle, of course, come back as a, a dynamic pair. Uh, for sure, one of the best wide receiver tandems in all of college football. But what about that battle for that number three wide receiver job, Travis, which is uh, that guy will be on the field a lot. The number four guy will get some action, too. Uh, John Mechie and, and, and some of the others, how do you see that race kind of shaping up? Yeah, you heard some things from Saturday scrimmage that were promising in regards to maybe John Mechie 
more so than any of the other candidates in that mix. Uh, obviously, once you get beyond Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, uh, you got a lot of production to try to sort of backfill for. It will be interesting, too, to see exactly how this offense plays uh, with quarterback transition, with Judy and Ruggs moving on to the National Football League, with that offensive line, with Najee Harris back. You know, we might see more two tight end sets, too, and that could sort of, you know, help with that that situation in, in, in wide receiver depth. They you know, they don't have like 10 or 12 scholarship wide receivers right now. Uh, just about half of their scholarship room right now at that position are newcomers. The three true freshmen and Javon Baker is one of those guys is a is a first year player that you hear a lot of good things about. Uh, but right now, if I had to sort of try to guess beyond Waddle and Smith, I would lean more towards Mechie Slade Bolden. Maybe a mix of those two guys early on, and then you try to figure some things out amongst Xavier Williams coming back as a third-year guy, and then those uh, three true freshmen. For the Alabama local beat, Travis being shut out of practices, getting a little scraps of video here and there from (laughs) UA, but in order to call any real information about what's going on in practice personnel-wise, Travis, it takes a little bit of an ear to the ground on that beat right now, and I know you've got one. Yeah, well, everybody's doing the best they can, you know, right now. So, um, I mean, everything's virtual. And what we heard from the SEC office late last week was that in terms of how game coverage is going to work, that's going to be the case uh, in that regard as well. You're going to have half the capacity size in press boxes, apparently. That's the plan right now. We'll see if it even stays at that as we get closer to the season. But you know, with post-game situations, Nick Saban's going to be uh, Zoom from the media room addressing reporters. Players are going to be Zoom. So uh, just entirely different way about trying to go about the job. And uh, I will say this, you know, Alabama, I think, is has, has done a pretty good job uh, of trying to at least give us a glimpse inside practices, uh, photo galleries, uh, player availability. Um, you know, I, I think that it's it's been about as good as you could have hoped for, uh, but you know, it's 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 entirely different. I mean, there, there's there's no doubt about that. Offensive line, Travis. We'll touch on that a little bit uh, before we turn our attention to the defense. Evan Neal, uh, who played, of course, inside last year, been working with the ones at that right tackle spot. As you understand it, Travis, how is Evan Neal adjusting to to moving outside to Jedrick Will's former position. Seems to be so far so good, you know, and you anticipated that. I mean, this was a guy in the 2019 recruiting cycle rated as the number one offensive tackle prospect for that class. And, you know, we've seen some guys sort of make that transition from guard early on out the tackle. Alex Leatherwood certainly did it. Jedrick Wills worked some inside before moving out to the right tackle position in 2018. So it's not all that uncommon. And you know this, Chase, it's all about for Nick Saban getting his best five guys on the field. I think as much as anything, and you look at those first five to seven or eight guys that they have to work with, you feel really good about that. Now, you know, interior depth still uh, ahead, I would say, of where they're at in terms of true tackle depth. And that's where it could get interesting if they have an injury or two. 
You know, they've got a couple of veterans, a couple of guys that have been around now, and Kendall Randolph and Tommy Brown as sort of the second teamers at tackle. But if they were to sustain something of note from an injury or an absence perspective at tackle, might they shuffle some guys uh, in an effort to, again, get the best five, keep the best five guys they've got on the field together? Nick Saban kind of likes to have that swing guy at the tackle spot coming mm-hmm. off the bench who can maybe fill in on the left side or the right side. Doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes when a tackle goes down, you see a guard slide out. Uh, but you, you definitely have – we've seen Saban time and again. Alfred McCullough would be one example. Developing a tackle that he trusts who's not one of the top five at both spots – uh, and he kind of does the same thing, I think, an inside linebacker. Likes that first inside linebacker off the bench to be able to play Will or Mike. No doubt. Uh, likes to, to be able to, you know, Jack, Sam, you know, some of these things, uh, they're, they're pretty interchangeable. Uh, but, yeah, guards that play center, tackles that can play guard and tackle, no doubt. Uh, they like to have, you know, maybe a sixth guy, uh, that's either a guard tackle swing guy or a seventh guy that's a center guard swing guy uh, when you talk about the offensive line. But, you know, they were able to get some experience for some guys last year in some non-traditional roles, most notably Chris Owens, uh, although Owens did start some games at center early in the season. But you saw him and uh, you also saw uh, Kendall Randolph as, you know, tight ends and offensive tackles and tight ends clothing, I guess you could say (laughs) as the season moved on. But so, you know, they've gotten some meaningful game reps for a lot of these guys beyond the starters, but you know, Emil Echior is an example of a guy that's been around now. He can play guard or center. Uh, He's done some of that already in preseason practice. So right now it looks like the preferred trio inside consist of three redshirt seniors which you're never going to complain about when you got three fifth-year guys guard to guard and that's uh Deontay Brown Landon Dickerson uh and also Chris Owens but we'll see where they go from there defensive side of the ball Travis wanted to ask you a little bit about the progress with Ben Davis a guy that has really and truly weighed as his turn fifth-year senior been around a long time from Gordo an Alabama uh, legacy, as we know, what are your, what are you hearing on, on his progress and, and, uh, his chance to maybe make a, an impact at UA, uh, here kind of at the tail end of his career. Yeah. Fifth year guy. And who knows, he might be a sixth year guy next year with the extra year of eligibility that these guys are going to get. Yeah, exactly. Triple mate. Um, You know, that math is going to, going to feel good next year for a lot of programs when, you know, they're up around 100 scholarship guys, but when they got to get back down to 25, down to 85 in 2021, or uh, excuse me, 2022, they're not going to like, coaches aren't going to like that so good. It's going to be a problem. That math, that math yeah, yeah, compaction, they'll call it. Uh, but no, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a good situation to see that, uh, you know, Ben Davis is, is getting that opportunity. He and Chris Allen, it makes sense right now. They're the sort of veterans of that room with Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis um, moving on. So you, you sort of anticipate that, especially early in preseason practice. But, you know, if nothing else, you got to think guys like Davis and Allen, because of the physical and mental maturity 
and where they should be at in both those areas at this point. You know, rundown, setting edges, base defense, those type of things. Uh, they they should be able to help you for sure in those areas. But you know, when you get into some passing situations uh, and you got to get after quarterbacks, it does sound like some of these newcomers are going to have an opportunity, along with maybe a King Wakuda in his second year, uh, to be real factors in pass rush packages. Yeah, Nick Saban uh, uh, delivering a little bit of praise for sure to the freshman outside linebackers, Will Anderson, Drew Sanders, two of them anyway, that look like they've had a strong showing as of yet. How about Brian Branch, uh, the freshman defensive back, Travis, been working at the star position. We all know uh, that's a, a position that uh, Nick Saban re- re- kind of requires a little extra trust in. It's a, kind of his quarterback on defense, frankly, and he's been working a, a freshman there. you got to have a broad skill set, too, and that's why you've seen guys like Minka Fitzpatrick really sort of break in there in the past. Uh, you got to be able to tackle. you got to be able to tackle in space. They like you to be able to blitz, uh, and certainly you've got to be able to cover, uh, and you've got to be able to play some man coverage. Uh, even though you're in that slot corner spot. So uh, it's, it's regardless, it's impressive to me when you see uh, a young guy step in and sort of walk right in and make a statement anywhere in the secondary. But Star, there's a lot, you're right, that goes into that. So uh, when, you, when you look at the guys that have been able to do it very early on in their career, it's not a long list, and it's certainly illustrious when you start talking about guys like Mika. And, you know, watching Brian Branch on his on his high school tape and, um, you know, back in December at the early signing period, you, you saw some of those kind of attributes. You saw a good tackler. You saw a guy in really all three phases of the game, offense, defense, special teams, that was uh, very impactful. Just a good all-around football player is what you saw in Brian Branch. And seems like that's translating – uh, to this level, and another true freshman in Malachi Moore from Hewitt Trustful um, High School over in the Birmingham area has been, you know, working with that second group at the star position. So, you know, they could be pretty freshman heavy there at the star. You've also got Jalen Armour Davis, a veteran that's played there a good bit, worked there a good bit the last couple of years, and, you know, can also play some corner. But uh, between safety and star, Branch and Moore look like, you know, guys that are certainly going to impact that too deep. Fairly young defense can be looking to improve uh, by leaps and bounds over uh, Alabama's defense from a year ago, which was which is definitely not uh, up to the standard that Alabama fans have, have kind of come to expect uh, since Nick Saban's arrival in 2007. The Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. The Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide, if you want to follow us via social media. Uh, and, of course, we're available at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Going to thank a couple of sponsors really quickly, starting with North River Dental Associates and former Alabama football player Dr. Jack Smalley and his professional staff can do every kind of dental work there is, whether you're looking for porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, laser dentistry, pediatric dentistry, teeth whitening services, endodontics. They do it all over there at North River Dental Associates. You want to make an appointment? You can do it very easily online at NorthRiverDentist.com. You can give them a call at 752-3506 to make an appointment. Now, on a routine cleaning, you're going to be out of there typically in under an hour. 
and that includes your weight in the waiting room. They really do a great, efficient job of uh, moving folks in and out, but they also do incredibly high-quality work over at North River Dental Associates. I'm going to tell you about another outstanding business in that sort of Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa, and that's Southern Ale House right there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. Look, whether you're looking for an outstanding sandwich or a burger, you're looking for something along the lines of an excellently executed steak, maybe meatloaf plate dinners, or maybe you just want a good salad. They've got a couple of great options for you from that standpoint. I know I love that chopped wedge salad they have there at Southern Ale House. You can get it with either fried or grilled chicken. They'll do it with the blue cheese crumbles and the blue cheese dressing. Or if you're not a fan of blue cheese, which I'm not, they hit me with that house-made balsamic vinaigrette. and It's great. You've got the chopped iceberg lettuce. It's easy to consume with that great grilled chicken and then those uh, homemade biscuit croutons and the thick-cut chopped bacon bits. Yes, great, great stuff. And look, since I go salad, I have a uh, I have a conscience that will allow me to go with those outstanding um, bacon cheddar tots that they've got there. Oof. Bacon ranch yeah. tots. If you haven't had those yet, they're a special typically. They've got that chalkboard behind the bar there at Southern Ale House. Look up there. And if they got those bacon ranch tots that are hand done, homemade, try those. Trust me, you'll love it. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Also in downtown Tuscaloosa, Heat Pizza Bar right there at Government Plaza. Frank and Will and the crew doing an outstanding job. Have been for years now. Got some modified hours they're working within during the pandemic. But Sunday through Wednesday, you're going to catch them from 4 to 9 p.m. Thursday through Saturday, 11 a.m., to 10 p.m. That's Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. They've got the nightly specials on pies there at Heat Pizza Bar and also bar specials, drink specials as well. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. The Talk and Diet Podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. The Twitter feed talking underscore Tide. Chase Goodenred and Travis Ryder with you. A few more minutes, Travis, will talk uh, a few topics around college football here in our final few minutes. Uh, starting with word, Travis, that one of the one of several plans uh, that are kind of on the table right now in that Big Ten conference for uh, returning to football is a Thanksgiving, post-Thanksgiving area return, uh, which raised a few eyebrows in the news this week, uh, considering I, I think most people were thinking January January would be the earliest it might happen, but uh, at least uh, at least a glance at a, at, a, at a turkey return. You talk about a turkey. You said it with the Big Ten <laughs> and how all this has gone down. That sounds just about right to me, good bread. I mean, seriously. Has there Half been measure. a bigger... Pe- Oh, God, bigger PR disaster than what we've seen from the Big Ten over the last month or so. The mighty Big Ten was going to step out there, say, no, no football this fall. And look, maybe that was the right decision in time. Maybe it will prove to have been the right decision in time. But to have made that decision a couple of three weeks ago, well, I understand you would kind of put yourself in the corner with the September the 3rd start date for your season, but wow, 
hasn't worked out so good for the Big Ten at this point. And look, when you look at the power five leagues that are still interested in at least something close to an on-time start, it doesn't seem as if remote learning, which apparently at one time we heard was going to be a non-starter right. for playing football in the fall, it doesn't seem to be a big problem with some of the academic elites like Notre Dame and North Carolina. So uh, where that, that goal, aspect that goal, is that concerned. That goalpost has been uprooted and moved for sure. Yeah, yeah. It, it was on wheels, I think. They just wheel it around. Um, you know, so it's uh, it's very interesting to say the least with what, you know, but the, the problem with the Big Ten is that's great, but you're still out of the college football playoff if there is one. Right. So you've 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 cost yourself that opportunity and you're still going to try to play football uh during at least somewhat of a same time frame as the sec the acc and the uh the big 12 ever changing for sure a little closer to home around the sec travis auburn and tennessee both uh with some COVID issues auburn's going to be apparently without 16 players when they resume practice on tuesday not all infected apparently there's a a group of those 16 that are that have the virus, but others that are simply quarantine decisions. Uh, but mm-hmm. Auburn's lost a lot of uh, action early on. Uh, canceled a scrimmage too. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it. Once you started bringing you know, thirty thousand people back into towns like Tuscaloosa and and Auburn, I mean, you kind of figured this was inevitable, even within the the, the, the talked about bubbles that you've tried to construct for your athletic teams. And, um, you know, look, Auburn's being transparent. I guess you can say that. Um, whereas, you know, Alabama's made the decision that really in, in, in no form or fashion is information going to be made available as it relates to the COVID-19 virus. So, uh, you know, there, there's, there's what we know and then there's what we don't know. And I think the only difference between some programs right now uh, is exactly that. You know, we know what Auburn's dealing with. We don't truly know everything that Alabama's dealing with. We know Bryce Young hadn't been at practice for a week. We still haven't been told exactly why. But if you read enough tea leaves into that, you probably can come to a a semi-reasonable conclusion. Um, And that's – this is – this is – early September we're talking about imagine game weeks once we get into them chase and kind of not having a feel for what's going on and then we show up on game days and like well where's the starting offensive line for Missouri this week (laughs) yeah yeah they they just they just need to hand out those lineup cards they just need to print those lineup cards on Saturday morning if they can they'll just do them old school they'll have like a chalkboard you know the the (laughs) ballparks used to have chalkboards when you'd walk in and they'd have like the starting nine for the uh the Jacksonville Suns or something at Old Wolfson Park down there in Duval County you'd walk in and there'd be your lineup on a chalkboard maybe they'll just do them like that for SEC football this year Unbelievable. Well, one you can count out is Jamar Chase, uh, the best wide receiver uh, last year anyway, 20 touchdown catches, most productive wide receiver in college football. He says he's opting out, or uh, at least it's been reported that he will opt out. Big, big blow to Ed Orgeron and his offense. Yeah, it is. I mean, you still have Terrace Marshall Jr. there and really good player, but it's similar or it would be similar if you lost, say, Devontae Smith, right? 
You'd still have Jalen Waddle, which is a lot, but that's a that's a massive blow. And you know, I think LSU kind of like Alabama and that you know there's players waiting to sort of reveal themselves at pretty much every position on the field. But I mean, Jamar Chase's 2019 was was by SEC standards was generational, if not more. I mean, it was all time like for Jamar Chase. So you kind of get it with some of these guys that are going to take the route. I think the timing obviously is a little different. If you're LSU, that's probably your biggest problem with it. Um, and then you've got, you know, you've got a team like Memphis at the G5 level is going to lose a really good running back coming up here uh, in Kenneth Gainwell. And, you know, it's, it's one thing for a guy to opt out. And apparently Gainwell's had, you know, several family members, uh, impacted by the the COVID-19 virus and in fact his uncle apparently passed away from it here in the last couple of weeks uh but you know Memphis is set to play football next weekend you know they're playing next week so uh the timing of this stuff and again the the ongoing nature of it is is going to be perhaps the most fascinating angle in terms of roster management and personnel in my lifetime when it comes to college football. Yeah, there there, there will be some good books written about this season. No doubt Unbelievable. And probably yeah. some bad ones. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> it'll be talked about uh, for a long, long time, no doubt about it. That's going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports Radio, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television, which you can catch Friday night, 6.30 p.m., on WVUA 23. We're back, by the way, on Crimson Cover after a five-month hiatus uh, waiting for the COVID clearance, essentially, uh, to get back into those WVUA studios. And uh, we're glad to be uh, back doing that weekly with Mike Parker and John Copeland as well. We're signing off. Stay with us. We'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide.